0: Hello Valparaiso, this is Allison Schutte and Willa Walsh, and you're listening to Welcome Project Radio.
1: Welcome Project collects first person stories and pairs them with facilitated conversation to help participants forge stronger ties within and across communities.
0: We vision a world in which people are curious about and actively seek to engage those who are different from themselves. We are
1: proudly underwritten by Asana Yoga Center and Roots Market Cafe, two excellent ways to feel good during a pandemic. They're located online at asanacenter.com and rootsmarketcafe.com.
0: Theme music is provided by WVLP's very own Paul Schreiner. Thanks, Paul. So
1: today we're bringing you two stories from the Welcome Projects archive, so listen up. Our first story today is titled Barging In With Our Rainbow Flag, and we have a special guest with us today in the studio, Deb Porter, longtime Valparaiso Civic Leader, former Valpo City Councilperson, volunteer for Hilltop Neighborhood House career public school teacher the
0: list goes on and on welcome deb thank you so much for being here well thank you for having me i'm thrilled to be here (laughs) so one of the reasons that we had deb come in is um has to do with a recent i guess it's it's almost a month now since the rally outside of the Doolin school corporation school board meeting which happened shortly after teachers had been asked to remove gay pride and trans pride flags as well as a Black Black Lives Matter flag from their classrooms. And um, so a big turnout for um, people who were supporting the LGBTQ community and the LGBTQ students there, they were given a chance to speak at that um, school board meeting in the, in the end after the agenda was done and the public session opened. Um, so that incident of the school teachers being asked to remove the flags uh, really struck Willow and I, both as people who identify within the queer community. And so we were attending the rally that night, and as we learned more about it, I just thought it would be important to bring some of our stories around sexuality from the Welcome Project back up into... Um, the public for discourse for trying to listen to people who are from within the community and how it feels like to experience things from the, from the inside. Um, a couple of things from the Northwest Indiana Times as they reported on that rally. Uh, this is a quote, officials with the Duneland schools said parents and students from the middle school uh, expressed concerns regarding items in three classrooms that conflicted with their personal, social and or political beliefs and the quote continues, the complaints were reviewed and it was determined the items were not directly related to the curriculum for those respective classrooms. The complaints caused a significant disruption to the learning environment and the items were asked to be removed. And then school board president, Brandon Croft said, "Quote: we understand there are many social issues that can be polarizing within our community It is not the intent of the school corporation to advocate any specific position on these social issues, end quote. And finally, Doolin School Superintendent Chip Petit said in the statement, quote, there are situations in which students and or staff may express their point of view on a social or political issue that some may see as controversial or offensive. So those were the rationales given by the um, administrators who made the decision to have the flags taken down. And as far as we know and are aware, there has not been a follow-up statement regarding the demands that they be um, put back into the classrooms by the students and family members and supporters who spoke at that school board meeting. So I'm not sure. Um, I was only aware that there were conversations happening between interested parties, but I think that has gone nowhere, at least not so far as it's been publicly shared with with us. So um, that was the incident, and um, wanted to give Deb a, a chance to talk about um, her connection to these um, moments that happen both as someone who understands what it's like to teach in the school system, to be a part of a teacher's union to care for students and also to, you know, work with parents, um, who have different beliefs and diverse perspectives. So how are you connected to this, uh, particular event or, or what's your,
2: f- um, initial comments that you have on? So, um, I first found out about the event because of my, uh, PFLAG group. We have a Valparaiso PFLAG group and I'm the president of that. Could you say what PFLAG stands for? Well it actually doesn't stand for anything anymore. Now it is just an organization that is dedicated to advocate educate and support the LGBTQ community and their friends and allies family friends and allies. And we meet monthly, and we've got several members from the Chesterton community who are part of our, our group as well. One of them had contacted me and said, "I this is happening. Um, can you find out more about it?" So I did. I contacted I'm former president of the of the Portage Association of Teachers, and I'm still affiliated with our district council because I serve on that. So I contacted one of my friends at um, Doonland, and she affirmed that what I'd heard was true. And I heard about the rally and I said, what, you know, what is, what do you need me to do? And she said, well, we can't be there. And I, I told her, I said, I'm, I'm tied in with the LGBTQ community in Valparaiso and Porter County. What do you need? And so she said, this is what we need. So I made sure that I contacted the LGBT outreach group mm-hmm. to let them yeah. know, put the word out on, on the P flag notification. And of course, everybody else was contacting their people. So we made sure that we had a presence there. So that was me as P flag. I was, was surprised by the way at the
0: turnout. When when Willow and I were driving there, I was like, are we going to be the only like <laughs> like two people or maybe there'll be 10 or 15? Were you surprised by the turnout or were you like there were at least according to the Northwest Indiana Times over 100 people. It, it certainly felt that big. Yeah,
2: it I was not surprised because I did know that I did know that some of the other alliance groups were going to be there. Okay, uh, and that was definitely true. There were a lot of kids, yes. a lot of kids there, and I was pretty sure that our communities would would be there as much as they could. So I wasn't really surprised. I was overjoyed mm-hmm. you know to see that crowd there.
0: It felt amazing actually. <laughs> you know, it
2: felt celebratory, yes. didn't it? It yeah. did not feel like a protest. Yeah. It felt like a celebration. Yeah. And I think that's what I I think that's what I like most about so many of the events that I've gone to with the LGBTQ community, they do tend to be more celebratory mm-hmm. even when there are Addressing a very ser- what is a very serious issue, you know, the inability to communicate with, with people um, is, I think, a very serious issue. But, you know, we were it was still just, it was very joyous. And yeah. I think everybody was glad to see everybody there and know that we were all standing shoulder to shoulder supporting one another. That takes us what happens inside the school. As a public school teacher, um, you give up a whole lot of your First Amendment right to free speech. And we all know that. We do not have the right, necessarily, to, especially in the political realm, we don't have the right to, to make those political statements as a, as a teacher. Now, if it fits in your curriculum, you can. And even then, you have to be very careful that you're not giving one side over another. And there is a very tight line that you have to walk on that. I teach elementary music and December is my month of oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just really a hard month. And in my curriculum is music is an expression of culture. And December is that month that I try and do that. Well, so easy it's easy at Christmas time and Hanukkah falls in there and then yeah. you know so I try and spend a little bit of time on talking about what those mean and giving each one its own authentic this is people who follow this religion this is what they believe not saying not ever even saying what i celebrate mm-hmm. you know saying people who people who are christians follow this this is what they believe about christmas and this is why they do this and people who follow who are jewish follow this holiday it's not another Christmas it's a completely different holiday and we can do that even in the political sphere we really can't say well I'm going to vote for this person because I believe really can't say that but you can say this person stands for these things this person stands for these things let's take a look at how those would affect you or your family and so you can do that so if you were a history teacher teaching, like, civil rights, Mm -hmm.
0: would you have to also teach the rationale behind Jim Crow, even as you're teaching some of the movement events that led to, like, some of the legislation of the Civil Rights Bill? Like, is that
2: the kind of... I guess the thing is you have to teach things authentically and in a way that is historic and um, age-appropriate and without, I think we're far enough away from the Jim Crow laws to say they they were oppressive, and that would be all right to say that, even in today's context of them coming back. You can even lead the kids to think, how were you know, how would you feel if these laws applied to you, and and come about it in that in that context. So we can still say that. I mean, we can still teach that, but in the realm of of making a political statement like right now, in the here and now, that's where we get into trouble, particularly over very controversial right, issues. I got called in when I um, had a student who um, whose mother had I went to the women's March okay. in DC yeah. and one of the students one of my students' mothers had also gone, and we were on the bus. And so um, the, the student's mom said, oh, I saw your music teacher on the bus, you know. <laughs> and so the kid on that Monday or Tuesday, I had her in class and she asked me about it. And I said, yeah, I had fun. And then one of the other kids said, well, why did you go to DC? Hmm. And I said, well, I went, you know, to march with the women. Well, why would you do that? And I said, well, I just felt like it was something I had to do. Well, that kid went home. No, it wasn't even that kid. It was another kid in the class that went home and said, my teacher went and marched against Trump, you know. Hmm. And then that mom called the office. And so I got called into the office and I said, here's how it happened. And I didn't really make a big deal about it. But one of the kids asked and all I said was, I just felt like I had to go. That was it. And he's like, okay, don't worry about it. And, you know. But this is how tenuous these things can be. And this is a fifth grader. Yeah. You know, so we do kind of have to watch what we're doing. And we are we do give up our right to free speech.
0: I guess one of the things that I feel like people at the rally and certainly for myself, um, and I don't know if you feel this way too, Willow, it's a little bit hard to think of. um, I'm just going to talk about pride since that's the community that I identify with, I, I think this also would apply to the Black Lives Matter flag. Um, but as a person who's who's queer, I don't see the flag as political in the way that. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe I would give like I would grant that in our polarized context. I can understand why someone would see it as political. Mm -hmm. For people in the community, however, it's clearly a symbol of affirmation and a claiming of dignity, especially in the face of uh, norms in a society that won't let us claim our dignity. And so I find it a little bit baffling that the school board would only talk about their choices as if this social political issue is what's like a teacher has chosen to raise a social political issue that's dividing, you know, the students or dividing the parents from the from the school. Um, So I I don't even like, is there is there a question in there, (laughs) Alison? Like, is it really political speech, I guess? And how And and I feel like it's a little bit disingenuous on the part of the, I think this was the, the president of the board who said, you know, it's not our intent to advocate any specific position on these social issues, but you take down those flags, you're saying that's political, then you are taking a stand on a social issue and you're standing with the community whose norms have hurt the students who felt supported by that.
2: Heck? Yeah. So we here in Valparaiso don't quite understand this, but in Duneland, this is why elections matter. So their school board elected two very conservative members to their school board, one of whom was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Hmm. Um, I don't know to what extent his participation was there, but he did come back and say, oh, I was in. I went to D.C. on, you know, January 6th. Wait, so a school board member gets to do that, but a teacher doesn't? I mean, I guess he's not a employee. I, that's confusing. So, so so this is why elections matter. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> yes. And the other thing is, in the context of the school board being the governing body, unfortunately, if the school board says that's political speech in the school, then it is. Hmm. Um, I teach in a school district where that it would not be considered political speech. I have a poster in my classroom that the kids who know what it means know exactly what it means. The kids, a lot of kids look at it and they're like, oh, whatever. Why are those, why are those kids like, some of them purple and some of them have orange legs and green faces and they don't get it. But I've had other kids that do get it and they've said, does that poster mean something? I said, well, what do you think it means? I think it means, like, you're an ally. And I said, you're right. That's exactly what it means. Hmm. Oh, you're cool, Mrs. Porter. (laughs) You know? And and that's great because they know. Hmm. You know, they know. All the other kids don't know. Um, I've worn my... I've worn my... I have a little flag um, uh, um, lapel pin. And I've worn that. And, you know kids, some kids have asked about it. Other kids are like, that's a really cool pin. It kind of looks like a rainbow. (laughs) Yep. It does. Doesn't it? I love rainbows. (laughs) That's all I say. Yeah. And you know, who doesn't like a rainbow? So they mean different things to different people. And unfortunately, if the school board says it's political in that context, it it is political, Mm -hmm. but there are ways around it because you could always just put up like just a regular rainbow in your classroom Mm -hmm. that would communicate to the kids that, you know, you're an ally and it's just a rainbow. How is that going to be political? Because a rainbow is a rainbow. By gosh, if I were the union president, I'd order rainbow sun catchers for every classroom. (laughs) 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 They say DTA on them. (laughs) Do you, um,
0: can you talk to so my understanding was that the teachers union for this, for the teachers in that school corporation, um, had said they weren't going to take a stand on this either. And then either said or implied, or maybe it just means that teachers are not allowed to speak publicly because the teachers union's not willing to take a stand. Maybe you can clarify like how the mechanics of that work, but. So
2: two things were at play. One, um, in the heat of the moment, they needed to get legal. They needed to, so, um, ISTA, their is the state union they have a legal department and they were trying to get uh they needed to get the lawyer to look over the whole situation and render whether or not this was a case that would be winnable if they if they if they pushed it they hadn't gotten that reading yet and so in the meantime they needed to kind of just stand back so they wouldn't be found guilty of insubordination so it was really kind of a protection for the teachers okay um now, if the local union said, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to fight it, that was their local decision. And then that's an internal matter for their union to deal with. Okay. And their members to deal with.
0: And how does that work? And maybe it's different for different unions, so you wouldn't know. But is it is it consensus driven? Or is it is there like a leadership to the union that's making those decisions that just get so
2: generally there's um so there's an executive board that basically makes the decisions and that would be your officers and then they're informed by their representative representatives and that would be somebody from each building and it's based on number of people in the building so some buildings larger buildings would have maybe two or three reps and the smaller building might only have one and but there's a proportionate number of representatives and they should have been involved in making that decision as well. Um, sometimes things happen too quickly to get everybody's input. If this was perceived as being a single building issue initially, they might not have. They might have decided, we will just going to let this building handle it, and everybody else just lay low and keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, and be quiet, keep your head down." But then, of course, it, it got bigger fast so i i really don't know the inner workings there and i do know they've got new leadership at the top and i'm you know haven't talked to their yeah. new leadership that much yeah so um okay uh you're listening to
0: listen up welcome project radio with allison schudy and Willow walsh and we're here today with deb porter who's joined us um because we wanted to talk a little bit about the Doolin School Corporation decision to have teachers who had the Gay Pride flag, the Trans Pride flag, and the Black Lives Matter flag in their classrooms, um, and they were removed. Um, and As the New York Northwest Indiana Times reported, it was three classrooms um, that were impacted by that. Did you have some specific questions you wanted Deb to tackle? To yeah, or? I mean,
1: I guess my question is, it's like who who would be the driving force for this change like so i know it's like a bunch of folks showed up for the march which potentially puts pressure on the school board but it's like is there it sounds like is there anything that teachers can do or they they really are not allowed to take a stand in fear of insubordination like would this be
2: a student it would need to be the community would need to push this and get there and move their school board into into a position of change
1: Gotcha. Yeah. What, what, like, what would that look like? Because I know they came out with a statement. Like, would they need to overturn a statement? Or is it anything, like, in-depth like that? Or could they just come out and say, you know what? We've had a change of heart. Here's our new statement.
2: So the school board, I didn't see the school board statement. I saw the principal's statement, but I didn't see the school board statement. So I don't know what they actually wrote. But, you know, the community could put pressure on school board members and, um in in time then the school board could come back and say we've decided you know after after review we have decided to um change our policy regarding this and so this is our new policy you know we've rewritten our policy to be more in line with the 21st century (laughs) instead of 1950
0: (laughs) that's how the three of us feel in this one at least
2: (laughs) But um, so, I mean, they, they could do this and still totally save face and, and not have to say we were wrong before. Now we're right. You know, mm-hmm. just by saying now that we've had adequate time to study and look what other school districts have done and how other school districts our size address this issue. We've now we're now prepared to issue a, a, an updated policy on this issue. And there you have it. And nobody has to say, oh, you were wrong before. They, you know, now we've had time to really study this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they don't even have to say, we're caving to the community.
0: <laughs> Do you think, and I don't know if, Willa, you would have input on this as well, but I'm wondering if there's a regional thing going on here. Like, would Chesterton or the Doolin School Corporation be recognizing this as a moment to say, Like we're not going to be Portage or we're not going to be Crown Point or we're not going to be Valpo. Like we don't we don't want to have that more open I don't know, more liberal uh political which is a weird thing to say about Valpo. I don't know that we're liberal (laughs) politically. Uh, I mean we have residents who are. (laughs) Right. But um and not it's not across the board by any means. Uh but I don't know, like is there something about like is, is Chesterton trying to define itself in the region as like a certain kind of community, a certain kind of school system?
2: Maybe. Do you think that? So I kind of think Chesterton always has. Okay. Because they're not a city, although they've got the population that they could be a small city. Um, they they their town is run differently than Valpo and Portage. Um, you know, they their government their town government is run differently. They. Um, I think they've always kind of set themselves apart already, so maybe this is maybe this is just another way they're doing that yeah i I don't know, yeah,
0: I mean it's a question that interests us because we are often through the welcome project, and Flight has our particular initiative that's the Northwest Indiana initiative noticing. How there have been ways, and like the the county line has been patrolled, you know, and then within the different counties, how different cities have often tried to have, um, like their own sort of, um, not not a lot, not always cooperating across, like having making sure that everybody's got their own police, everybody's got their own fire, um, so like a little bit more balkanized, yeah. um, and that seems to have I, I've heard people speak of the region in that way, as like. The communities are interested in keeping these smaller identities, as opposed to really understanding themselves as a, a larger regional identity. So that was that was where my question came out of. If if like cities now are and townships are starting to try to like even fine tune <laughs> fine tune that a little bit more now that maybe there's more money coming into certain parts of Northwest Indiana with Illinois residents moving uh, over. Anyway, that's just the conjecture that. stimulated that question
2: and it and that that extra money coming in from illinois could be the driving force behind this could be the the driving force behind staying balkanized yeah chesterton wanting to keep that very large amount of money that's coming in you know they're getting there's a reason they're building those great big houses you know there's just like valpo there's a reason we're building five hundred thousand dollar condominiums which i can't even imagine (laughs) um yeah. Spending that kind of money on a condominium um, just blows me away. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, there's a reason why, you know, they're trying to do that and they don't want to share. And, you know, I think I think maybe that clientele has certain expectations of the community. But then again, there are plenty of of LGBTQ members of that economic stratosphere yeah so that doesn't hold true either yeah as i'm just thinking through this that doesn't make a lot of sense either Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know
0: yeah it's hard to know especially as we become increasingly polarized like how the intersection of certain identities end up fraying you know i mean i would like I've, i've heard of the log cabin republicans Um, so I know that there's always been a LGBTQ component within the Republican party, but I feel like until recently, the log cabin Republicans were very much like, that was like your, your code to speak with each other, not necessarily like something that was, you know, understood by the party to be a part of the family. (laughs) Um, so I wonder as the It's like their
2: code word for the closet, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Stay in there. Yes,
0: yes. So, like, I'm just wondering as the temperature between Republican and Democrat heats up in the country, and even like we're sensing it within the party itself, right? Like, for, and I would say probably both parties um, are having their internal divisions, or I don't even know if division is exactly the right word, but fights over like which uh, framework is going to really sort of drive Mm -hmm. their policies and their beliefs um it just seems like it would be really hard to well i don't know i guess looking from the outside i can't really say but it would be hard to stay identified within the conservative community as somebody who also identifies as as lgbtq but i suppose we always have these ways that we live across things that feel like pulled apart in us um well so. it's
2: comparable to the African American who gave the rebuttal speech. Oh, Tim Scott, yeah. And and said, you know, America is not racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I that one made me scratch my head because I see signs of it all over the place and I'm not and I'm not of color. I'm not experiencing that. Yeah. So, you know, it, to me, it's it's kind of the same thing, you know. You're going to have those those outliers there who are going to, you know, to do what they need to do to get where they need to get. Yeah. This is
0: WVLP LP at 103.1 FM in Valparaiso. You're here with Allison Schutte and Willow Walsh and Deb Porter. Today on Listen Up, we're discussing um, the. Doolin School Corporation's decision to have teachers remove their pride flags and Black Lives Matter flags from their classroom. Um, and I wonder if we should go ahead and play um, the story from the Welcome Project that we were hoping to get Deb's input on as well. Did you want to say anything about it in particular? Or? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, topic-wise, this sounds pretty aligned. Um, this one is titled, Barging In With Our Rainbow Flag. Freshman, sophomore year.
3: It was a lot of theater and alliance. I was actually ex secretary for them for a while. It's completely different than what it is now. We are trying to fight really, really hard to get people to come. And now it's completely different because the freshman class is so active and they have have so much enthusiasm for it. Um, Two things happened in my freshman year maybe three, three things happened that I specifically remember very vividly. One, we had chalked for one of our events and it had rained that night. And we, usually you check the weather, but I'm certain that like it was just like, it was a really strong rain versus then a little sprinkle. And one of the religious groups on campus told some of us that um, God didn't want the event to go on and that's why the rain poured. Um, another thing, we used to have these, like, cartoons on campus, and they're like, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling angry, and one of them was about homophobia, and at the end it talked about how you had to change the person who was gay, um, or else they're going to go to hell. And they had, like, this cartoon thing of hell, and they were spread everywhere on every building on campus, and Alliance would take them and throw them away, which I'm certain probably wasn't the best thing, but they just kept, like, materializing. Like, the other groups on campus were putting them on versus Alliance throwing them away. And then I remember a crew had brought in a theologian, and he came in, and he was an ex-gay. So he had been gay, but had prayed it away, and brought him to campus. And it was a big to do. I remember marching in with alliance with like our rainbow flag, <laughs> um, and then there's a lot of other people who were there. And he was pretty. He he, he said the um, the opposite of homosexuality isn't heterosexuality. It's holiness. So that's what happened freshman year, and to like completely contrast that, this year we, um, a theologian was brought in, and he came, and he was—he's an ally, and he was talking about how you can, here are all the things about the Bible that you can use as an ally or LGBTQ other parts of it to really help you understand that the Bible doesn't say anything against it.
0: Hello, this is Listen Up. Welcome, Project Radio, and I'm your host Allison Chudy with Willow Walsh, and we have a guest with us today, Deb Porter. Uh, the first half hour, we were talking about the Doolin School Corporation's decision to remove pride flags and the Black Lives Matter flag from some of their teachers' classrooms, and we've just played a story from the Welcome Project archive. So the storyteller you heard is speaking of events that happened on Valparaiso University's campus. Did you want to start us off with a question or comment or?
1: Yeah, I would just throw it back out to Deb if she doesn't mind. Um, what what stood out to you during the story?
2: This story hurts my heart because oh, so many people have been have just been hurt by toxic Christianity, and you know the idea that that they have no place, you know, that that because you're gay or or transgender or lesbian or anything else that, that God doesn't love you or that you have to change or be different. Um, and Christians have been using that kind of language for years, and it, it has done nothing but hurt people. And I'm convinced that it is one of the contributing factors towards the high number of LGBTQ people who commit suicide I I just in my heart I know that that's true because it's the lack of acceptance that that leads it and um, as a person of faith and a person who's the mother of a gay son it hurts my heart that this is still going on and you know it it it, to me it, it comes down to this if God is the creator of all things and we know god is love if that's the part of the bible i mean you have to read those two things as a christian if you believe that god is love if you believe that god is the creator and then you turn around and say that god hates this creation then you're you're messed up you just can't do that and so this is an example of that toxic christianity and uh I'm just I'm sorry that she's had those experiences and I'm glad that she is on the other side of it and having a better time now. Obviously the year after that she's looking back and saying, These happen and it's not so bad now. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I'm actually curious like how we would describe like her voice or her attitude as she's relaying these stories. Like is there something that comes to mind for you, Willow, like?
1: Well, she's thinking of, like, three main things that happened, and, like, as she's talking about it, so, like, she's talking about what happened her freshman year, but she's actually saying that it's completely different because the year after her, the new freshman class is so active, so it sounds like she's kind of reflecting on, like, what had been and kind of the pushback, maybe, that was happening on campus that kind of led her... To I don't know have more support at least with the freshman class. So I don't know. It seems optimistic. Yeah, there's <laughs>
0: some kind of enthusiasm or, or energy at least. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like in what she's relaying, mm-hmm. like a sense of expectation that something can happen here, and I it feels like it's something positive <laughs> could happen or something positive is happening.
2: Right. That's what I felt. Like it is different now, and it it isn't as bad as it was then. In her voice, I, I, yeah. I, I definitely sense that it's not as bad as it was. Her freshman year.
0: I, it, it reminds me a bit of the the rally too, and just that feeling that all three of us were re- recounting of how it felt like such a pleasure to be there, and mm-hmm. so thrilling to be with others who were standing with the LGBTQ community. And I sometimes fall into this trap of it didn't change anything. So then I start to devalue, and I, I think that's a mistake. Um, and I feel like this student, in in the sense in which she's talking about this and seeing like how there's this other class that's come up behind her that's joined Alliance, which is the LGBTQ organization on campus for students. Like there's some sense in which even if they still bring back another theologian who I mean this line will will kill me to the end of time like the opposite of heterosexuality is not homosexuality it's holiness like I was there at that event and I know how um like authentic authentic is not quite the right word that the speaker like he like sincerely oh yes oh yes for him it was this huge relief to have found that she describes him as ex gay. That's not how he talked about it. He talked about it more as, like, I'm not acting out of that part of who I am because I have been made holy. Um, so for him, it was, there was no dissonance and it might have brought him great relief. But for so many of us in the room hearing that line, it was just like, who are you throwing out of the? Well, if you're Christian, you might say throwing out of the kingdom, you know, like, but who are you throwing out of like the care and concern of, of whatever mystery it is that has, that we're all a part
2: of here. Um, Anyway, I'm, I'm not supposed to be. (laughs) And, you know, and my question is, my question is how authentic is your life if you have to not live fully within yourself?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I identify as a musician if i had to give up music completely give it up i i don't know how i could really because everything everything relates to music to me that's my form of expression that's my form of coping so if i had to totally give that up and do something i could i could exist yeah. but i would not be fully me yeah it would be a constant struggle even if I replace that with prayer or, or anything holy, I still don't think I I just can't imagine. Honestly, I can't imagine God wanting me to do that because I feel like God has made that music in me as my gift. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I also feel like When she's talking about this story, it's like I heard like three kind of groups that she's talking about. So it's like for me, it was like Alliance, this small group her freshman year, that's kind of saying like, like, you know, chalking up the sidewalks, promoting events, barging in with the rainbow flag. then you have another group that's kind of like against them, right? The people who are telling them like, God didn't want this event. So he rained all the chalk away or, you know, I guess the people who are behind like bringing this theologian to "Quote unquote" theologian to uh, the campus to speak about you know praying the gay away, but there's also this third group, right? There's like this entire other group of people on campus that are like, you know, I guess they I'd call them bystanders, right? That's like who aren't necessarily a part of alliance who aren't necessarily, like, even actively against the people at Alliance, but there's this whole group of other people there that don't necessarily know that these things are going on, and that's what kind of makes me think about the Doolin School Corporation and how they could think that, like, pro- like a pride or a trans flag to them or, like, a BLM flag would be politicized, because it's the same people who you talk to who are, like, you know well you know you got marriage legalized in 2015 so there aren't any you know there isn't homophobia anymore it's like the same argument that it's like well we elected Obama there isn't racism anymore because it's like if you're not actively there and like experiencing that if you aren't actively against alliance or in alliance you're not necessarily seeing it so it's like I can imagine from the school board's point of view this is like you wouldn't you wouldn't see people using like homophobic slurs or trans slurs so you wouldn't necessarily think it's a problem so the fact that like why would these teachers need a flag in their classroom yeah. to support something that's already existing they already have marriage equality they already have everything they don't need to you know tout it in the classroom i don't know that's just to me that's like you know if you aren't actively a part of it you know if you're not listening to it it it's so hard to see like how much a flag means to people
2: you know and you touch on something else I think is important and that is that people don't realize that that the bullying is still going on
3: yeah you
2: know as and as a public school teacher we fight bullying constantly and just this past week I had a kid tell another kid you're gay and I had to pull the kid out of line and say what do you mean by that And was of the age that I thought he probably knew what that meant. And he did. And and I had to deal with that. And in doing so, I also had to tamp down my own anger and my own frustration and just kind of be kind of neutral. But at the same time, when I proposed to the child, well, what if she was? And his response to me was as if I had slapped him in the face. The flinch that he did. And I thought, oh, hit a nerve here. So I referred him, dealt with the immediacy of it, told him he needed to go apologize, and it explained to him that even if she was, it was none of your business. This is not what we talk about in school. But then I also made a referral to the social worker to have a conversation with him. People don't realize that this kind of bullying goes on, and that's why kids need to know who's going to stand up for me. Who can I go to and tell that this is happening to me? Who's going to get it? And not say, well, what were you doing? What were you doing to cause the problem? Because that also goes on.
0: I mean, the other thing I think about is, so let's take the example of these pamphlets that were floating around campus. Like, if you don't either identify as in the queer community and or you don't identify as someone who has a particular, like, religious um, uh, position against someone, like, you might see one of those, like, flyers or things around campus and not really even register it but it's still registering in you Mm -hmm. so you're absorbing the kind of conditions that are around you and so in a school system that's smaller like the dunland school corporation where really all those kids in the middle school will know each other right i mean and if you understand and overhear the bullying and there's not a teacher or or there isn't an authority figure who's willing to intervene and say, "Hey, I'm calling that out as bullying. That's inappropriate." Um, I, I feel like the teachers are who who will have the the flags are actually saying something more for even the you're calling them bystanders. Like I don't know the neutral people. <laughs> that seems weird because I don't know if they're exactly neutral, but the un like less aware mm-hmm. students like they're still also recognizing oh there's an a, there's a teacher here who cares about this and so that also teaches them something it's like a it is a counter message to the other conditioning that they're picking up from their peers or the media or so Go it home. feels yeah it just feels to me so difficult to have the board decide that that kind of speech is Upsetting some students and parents in such a way that it's, up, you know, like making learning hard. And the
2: other thing is, let's be honest, some in this case was probably just one or two. But that would make me even more angry.
0: <laughs> because why does their voice matter that much more? Exactly. Yeah which means that there's other people on that board who share that perspective and that's why it matters more. (laughs) We're all just going to be stunned silent now.
2: Let's all take a moment. It
0: might be a good time to say um, this is WVLP. Listen up. Welcome Project Radio. And you're here with Willa Walsh and Allison Schutte and we have a special guest, Deb Porter, with us today. We're talking about Um, LGBTQ plus community and their pride and their need to uh, continually advocate for themselves in the face of school situations that make that very challenging. How is that for being politic? (laughs) There you go. Um, Willa, you had a question on here about the dangers of not knowing how frequently marginalized groups are targeted so I feel like that's in line with kind of Mm -hmm. what we're just speaking about Um, and is there more to say about like if you're not really tuned in and paying attention or listening or asking or looking to understand the experience of marginalized groups um, what is the danger of that
1: for me it's more like if you're if you're not looking for it then you're allowing other people to be hurt by these sorts of decisions you know it's like if you're not like a a masculine presenting woman or like feminine presenting man you're probably not going to be the brunt of like homophobic slurs I mean they happen to everybody apparently but you know it's not the sorts of people who are making these decisions saying let's remove the pride flag so it's like I I, I think there's like I guess there's like an act of listening there that has to happen that's that's why I kind of call it like being like you're like I don't know. I don't know if I would call bystanders neutral. I would push back on that.
0: I think (laughs) I I retract... I retract that term.
1: <laughs> but it's like, it is because it is more like actively oppressive, right? Because it's just like, well, it doesn't directly apply to me, so I'm not going to think about it. And this kind of makes me think of a story. This might be a little off topic. But anyway, I was calling my insurance agent in Valpo, and I was like, I need to put Erica on my car insurance, yada, yada. He's like, You shouldn't put friends on there. I'm like, She's not my friend. She's my partner. Oh, oh, oh. And then, like, we get on the topic of like same sex marriage. He's like, Do you guys have to like go to California for that or something? Yeah, this isn't 2018. By the way, and I'm like, no, no, we can do that here. And he's like, that's that's legal to do here. And I was like, yeah, like 2015. And he's like, oh, well, that's that's great. I had no idea, and it, like it didn't occur to me that like people could not know wow. that, that, that gay marriage is like federally legalized. And so I think there's something really important there, right? It's like. That must have come up on his like Facebook feed like at some point, right? And so it's like it's kind of your decision to, like, you know, am I going to lean into when people, you know, to those around me who are receiving, on the receiving end of slurs, am I going to lean into, you know, if I see a rainbow flag on my post, it probably doesn't apply to me, but maybe I should, like, stop and look at this article because I think there is, like, an action that you're doing to decide, you know what, I don't want to hear this, I don't want to know this, everybody's doing fine, let's take the flags out. And I think that's where the danger comes in, because if you're not opening yourself up and like actively trying to lean into communities that you aren't tuned into, then we make some decisions, like removing flags from classrooms and not understanding
0: the detriment of that. Do you think it's possible that there would be parents in the Doolin School Corporation that wouldn't know what happened? Is it possible that you could have those kind of blinders on?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Parents don't, they all don't read emails from the school. They all don't read newsletters from the school. Yeah, it's definitely possible.
0: And it's harder and harder to follow local news anymore, too. So do you have thoughts, um, Willow, or do we see anything in this storyteller's account that helps us think about how to engage that? group that has blinders on yeah i don't know if we necessarily get anything
1: from uh this storyteller i mean they were talking about putting programming on through alliance but i mean i think they did mention that like you know they did have the you know like the ex-gay theologian come in and then the year after they had you know an ally come in and speak to how you know the bible doesn't really say anything about homosexuality so i mean and i think there is like an like an important word there which is like ally which i mean i guess it's like it feels like a small jump to to be a bystander and then to be an ally and i feel like maybe you could. think it's a small jump from being a bystander to an ally? I think it could be. I mean, like, I think, like, I mean, I have a little bit higher standard for allyship, which is, like, being an active ally, because, you know, it's so much easier to say, like, oh, yeah, well, I'm in support of that, and then, like, boop, put those blinders right back on, and then not see any, you know, of the news that's affecting your local community, but, you know, like, showing up for marches and things, like, being an ally, so I think it's just, like, it's, it's maybe more engaging those folks who have the blinders on, not necessarily because they're against it, but just, like, you know, I, I don't read all my emails or newsletters, I'll be honest. So yeah. I think
2: there's like there, there's an intention that has to happen there. But if you had a kid in the school mm-hmm. and you got a school notice, yeah. you know, I don't read all mine. I'll be the first one to admit it. I mean, Jones, New York, come on, do you really need to email me four times a day? <laughs> Just saying. I only go once or twice a year. But that being said, when my kids were in the school, Anything that came from the school, I did read, mm. you know, and that's just a matter of a matter of course, you know. Also, any time Valparaiso Community Schools came up on my on my caller ID, I answered the phone. Mm. <laughs> we have parents that don't, mm. you know, they don't want to hear it, they don't want to be bothered. It it baffles me. So the the ability of parents to of anybody to remain ignorant on issues it's out there.
0: Yeah. I think, I don't mean this as a uh, excuse for that kind of behavior, but I do feel like, well, I'll just float it as a thesis. I feel like this idea of engagement, like be an engaged parent, be an engaged student on your campus, be an engaged faculty member, like that value of engagement seems to fall into the liberal progressive camp. And this idea of Like uh, leave me alone to do my own thing which sorry conservatives I'm putting it like negatively pejoratively because that's how I experience it but that sort of uh, self-reliance that would be the more uh, political way to say it Um, that feels to be a more conservative value not like that there isn't times when conservatives don't engage obviously that's the case but that that I do sometimes wonder if we fall a, a, a into our camps because like maybe there needs to be a different kind of messaging for conservatives to not have their blinders up. I don't, I mean, I don't know what that would look like. I think that chalking is an interesting thing because that's something that's trying to be public in a way that anybody who just walks on a sidewalk would, would come across a message. Mm -hmm. Um, So it does seem like there are ways that we could try to get into the public sphere Maybe we just all need to start carrying sidewalk chalk in our bags and backpacks.
2: Being gay is okay <laughs> on the sidewalk, right?
0: just, just as we go, or get little, um, what would they be called, like, templates yeah. that you can then carry a little can of, I'm sure, environmentally friendly spray paint and just, like, you know, tag Ooh. the sidewalk as you go. But I think, like, I mean,
1: there is like something to like, you know, it's like newsletters. I, I don't know. For me, it's like I, I do my best. Um, but it's just like I think like social media is easy too. It's like the mm. like I found a lot of this stuff today, like on Twitter. It's like the Doolin School Corporation had just like retweeted their own statement and then they had like a slew of people like commenting on it but it's like you know it's just like if if that's already in your newsfeed it's just like one more thing to just like you know follow that person and then just like when i when i see the you know Dunlin school corporation to actually read that post and go through it just to stay up to date yeah it, it feels like just like a small thing to just just lean in a little more
2: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
0: I wonder as we close today, Deb, if there are thoughts you have about the impact that teachers can have on students and, and even in the face of being told, okay, you have to take your pride flag out. um, Like what might it mean for a teacher to still be available or how would you describe the kind of impact teachers can have?
2: Teachers can have a profound impact on a student by First of all, being that accepting adult that um might be the first accepting adult that a child has, um, I know that I've had several students that, as fifth graders, were beginning to realize you know they're beginning to kind of put things together. I'm music <laughs> and and i've I've not been shy about. Commenting if I'm talking about a composer and, um, you know, we're talking about things in their life and, you know, throwing out that, well, this composer didn't get married or, you know, this composer was gay or, you know, something like that. Not to all of my students, to my older students. In that context, kids, and the posters in my room and stuff, they're able to come, they're able to talk to me and they know that I'm their ally, I have advocated against kids saying, you know, you're gay and that kind of thing. Our middle school has the kids write notes back to one of their, any of their elementary teachers that they want to. Hmm. And I've gotten notes from some of my hmm. kids. And I save them because they're very special. And they said, you know, you made me feel special when everybody else made me feel bad. Things like that. And it's the little things. It isn't even profound things that we do. It's just saying that you're welcome here. And so even if you can't have that pride flag up, you can do something. You can still create that atmosphere. You can still create those words, create that tolerance level in your classroom that makes every child know. And I do mean every child know that this is a place where you're, where you're I see you, I accept you. I, I, you know, you're welcome here, no matter what, you do not have to change who you are for me to accept you. And in doing that, we are modeling a vision of the world that we really want our children to inherit, one that everybody has a place of acceptance. It's hard, it makes it harder when you can't put an overt sign up, but it's not impossible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks again to our sponsors, Asana Yoga Center at asanacenter.com and Roots Market Cafe at rootsmarketcafe.com. We here at Welcome Project Radio love to support our local businesses.
1: And if you'd like to hear more stories like the ones you heard today, you can find them on our website at welcomeprojectatvalpo.edu and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to let the principal and superintendent know how you feel about their decision to remove the gay pride, trans pride, and Black Lives Matter flags from teachers' classrooms, go ahead and email M. Hamisher, that's M H A M A C H E R, at doodland.k12.in.us, and C Petit at C P E T T I T, at doodland.k12.in.us. School board members' emails can be found at dunlin.k12.in.us page sixty or feel free to attend the next school board meeting on Monday, June 7th at 6 p.m. located at 601 Morgan Avenue in Chesterton, Indiana.
0: And Deb, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a blast.
0: <laughs> yeah. And a final shout out, um, the LGBTQ outreach of Porter County is on Instagram at LGBTQOFPC, LGBTQ of PC. So follow them on Instagram um, to know more about what's going on in the LGBTQ community here in Porter County. All right. Great show. Thanks, everybody.